Welcome everybody back to the first post World Series Dong City, November 17th, episode 71, the Josh Hader edition. As you can see, we have a a guest who uh, who's ready to gloat, man. He's, he's ready to gloat. He's ready to to kick everyone's ass and talk all this shit. We got Pedro Rios and, and we got our main man Vince Mercandetti. How you gentlemen doing today? Doing like I'll let you go first, Pedro, because this is your your moment. How are you? Oh man, I'm doing I'm doing good. Still can't believe we won the World Series, man. Awesome. Congratulations, man. Appreciate it. We are in a time machine back to the mid '90s at this point. Uh, yeah, I, Braves won the World Series, so I mean, I'll, I'll intro this in. We for everyone who's joining, we uh, we have a full show today. We're going to start off with Pedro and talk about the Braves, wrap up the World Series, give our send off to the Braves as we do with teams who win and lose in the playoffs. Um, and then we'll get to the moves that have already happened. There's been now a, a pretty good mix. Justin Verlander doing us a favor earlier today. And then after that, we will get to Henry and I just kind of giving predictions and a breakdown uh, as far as what we think will happen the rest of the winter from a hot stove standpoint. Uh, We will not get into CBA type stuff today, so you all can feel relieved about that. But yeah, we'll have plenty of time throughout throughout the offseason to talk about that, probably into like May and June. So Uh, exactly. um, A lot of time. But for now, all happy stuff, exciting stuff, hot stove, my favorite time of year uh, when the uh, the Yankees are not playing. So let's get into it here. Pedro, you've got hey, your winning. Before yes. we continue, I do want to say in our life group uh, podcast kind of tracker that we had going, I was the one. I didn't have the most points. I think I had the second most points because I had the Yankees going all the way. But I did have the Braves going the furthest. I'll, I'll take sure that did. victory lap. You sure did. did. I, yeah, I remember that now. You had them losing the World Series, right? I did. I had them, uh, yeah. Which is uh, one round further than I had them winning. So, yeah, absolutely. I think you're the only one who had the Braves in the World Series. So, kudos for that. Uh, Pedro, did you make postseason predictions when the playoffs started? I did. Um, I had I had. I was winning over Milwaukee. Um, I had the Dodgers. And I had us losing against the Dodgers again. And I had the Dodgers against the, honestly, I had the White Sox. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I was going to say you went safe until the White Sox, but okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't blame you. My postseason was a complete disaster. Uh, I've had the Rays in the World Series. That failed. I had the Dodgers, I think, in the World Series. That, uh, no, I had the Giants in the World Series. That also failed equally. So uh, I, would, yeah, did a heck of a job. And of course, I always picked against the Braves because they have always failed. And yeah. now look at us. So <laughs> let's let's get into it here, Pedro, because the narrative in my head is first time in 26 years, right? And as you yeah. know, I have, I have harassed you for years about how the Braves run their front office, which is essentially yeah. signing everyone to one-year deals. Ozzy yes. Albies will be on food stamps in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Acuna owes them like four more torn hamstrings to make up for his salary. And finally this season, you guys go and you sign Marcelo Zuna to that multi-year deal, like very brave, like along with Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton to traditional one-year deals. And it immediately blows up in Atlanta's face because yeah, like a giant piece of shit. Um, (laughs) He has no impact whatsoever on your turnaround. 
And then you go and you sign a bunch of guys to these rental deals yep. and they end up winning you the world series along with homegrown Austin Riley and Freddie Freeman. So tell me yeah. about that. Like what, how did you feel going into this season? How did you feel when the injuries started piling up and what did you think of the trade deadlines when they happened? Going into the season, I liked the moves we did in the offseason. Um, I thought signing Charlie Morton would help with our, our starting rotation depth, especially look look what it did to us against the Dodgers last year in the NLCS. Um, Ian Anderson and Max Freed carried us for most of the part, and we needed that other starting rotation, you know, that other pitcher that, that we didn't have. So, you know, I mean, I thought it was there were some pretty good signings, but ultimately we dealt with injuries during the season. Once um, – um, you know, started with Ozuna and then Ocuna. I mean, Ocuna and then um, and Ozuna. And then I was like, damn, like, you know, when Ocuna tore his ACL, I was like, this is done, man. This is like really bad. We lost to, you know, our superstar in, in the team. And I was like, how you can't replace um, um, Ron Ocuna for sure with no, no player. So what Alex Anthopoulos did during the trade deadline was phenomenal. If you tell me we would have won the World Series with these trade deadline moves, I wouldn't say, yes, we did, you know? We would go this far. So I was like, man, but those moves played out, you know? And the Braves, keep in mind, they played 500 baseball. They couldn't go over, actually, 500 baseball um, throughout the season. We were, like, below 500 till like, August. And after these players, they just started clicking in. till the end of the season, we played – we went on that road trip against San Diego – we had three three games against San Diego. We swept them in, in San Diego, and then we had the Phillies, and we swept them too at home. That's when I think everything started clicking with the team. But this run, is it's, it's literally magical. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I've got a close friend who's a Braves fan. Um, yeah, <laughs> so close. We used to live to get together. He's in my, my wedding party and everything. And I think it was like eight or nine times in a row the Braves tried to go over 500 and lost every single time. Every like single I, just, time. I remember that was like a theme. He would text me every single time and they would lose. It was like a curse almost. And then finally, it was, yeah, I think there was like a seven-game winning streak or seven out of eight or something that came in there. And all of a sudden – it was very like 2019 nationals. Although I always say that's a terrible comparison because you guys yeah. lost an MVP candidate yeah, and had three more, <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, Austin Riley, did you, obviously Braves fans mostly had to be high on him, right? He was a big time prospect. Did you ever expect this type of season this quickly? I did not expect this type of season this quickly for Austin Riley. There was a lot of impatience on, on Braves fans for Austin Riley. He was never consistent with his hitting, and you know he couldn't hit a slider for shit. You know, sorry my language, but he could he couldn't hit sliders. He had a lot of he had a lot of um he had a lot of problems on the plate. He was pretty good with the glove, but he wasn't very disciplined in the on the plate. And I know Chipper Jones has a lot of to do with his development. Um, he coaches him a lot and trains him, you know, in the batting cages and stuff. So whatever Chipper Jones is doing, the Hall of Famer. He did, he did a phenomenal job with Austin Riley. I mean, the man batted over 300 during the season, uh, 107 RBIs, 33 home runs. He had a phenomenal year. And that carried into the playoffs, too. He was phenomenal in the playoffs. He came with a lot of clutch hits. Yep. He turned himself into an MVP candidate. Yeah, definitely. And I remember that that kind of slant, too, my, my friend had an issue with. Like, Austin Riley was not mentioned in MVP candidacy yeah. anywhere. It was like Soto, Harper, and then, like, it might as well have been no one else. And you look at his stats. Yeah, Tatis, right. You look at his stats. He had a really, really good season. 
Um, yeah. I, I think it almost hurt that Freddie Freeman was also on the team because he could have thrown him. And like those two guys are probably top five MVP candidates. And I feel like yeah. they weren't like Riley wasn't even mentioned in the top like seven or eight. So um, it had to be it's a giant FU year for you, right? Like, do you I mean, you're, I know you're not one to talk shit, but do you have anything to say to Mets fans or or Phillies fans or anyone, you know, before, uh, wait, 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 before you you, you <laughs> eat humble pie, I just know Jacob and Joey are talking shit in the comments. So, yeah, they're they're here. They're watching. So <laughs> what do you have to say about all this? Well, I mean, I don't want to hear about the choking artists. The Braves are choking anymore and all this going into next season because we won the World Series. And Alex Anthopoulos did a phenomenal job. And we won the World Series without Ronald Acuna, which is scary, Mets fans. So once we get Ronald Acuna back and everybody, you know, Alex Anthopoulos is going to make a couple of moves there. Might add a couple of strong right-handed pitchers into the bullpen because our lefties are strong there in the bullpen. I think the Braves are going to roll, man. And now that these young guns, um, Ian Anderson, Max Free got a playoff experience. I think our division is ours. And now, you know, the, the, Nat- the Nationals won the World Series but they wanted later down the road and they were getting older and that team was falling apart. The Braves still got everybody intact. So I think this team is going to be very competitive with the Dodgers, the Padres, and a couple of AL teams there for the World Series to win it again. Thank we thou. I will tell you, be very careful with that line of thinking. Ask the Cub fans. (laughs) Ask the Cub fans. You got to be real careful with that line of thinking, brother. That shit can go south fast. It definitely can, Henry. I'm not. I'm not gonna deny that. But I, I have faith in the Atlanta organization. I just think we gotta stop being cheap. You know, the owners. We've been saying there. that for years here. Yeah, that's something as a Braves fan that I hate. You know, owners are cheap, and I hate it. But I mean, hopefully, winning the World Series changes everybody in that organ, in that in the upper management and everything, and we just make the right moves, and we're not cheap. You know, I mean, if we gotta sign free agents for key positions, I I feel like they gotta go for it. You know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, look, it, they proved me wrong, right? That was that was my main criticism for the Braves for years. And I was right for yeah. years, for the record. Yeah, but yeah. this year happens, they proved me wrong. They did the exact thing they always do, and this time it won a World Series improbably. Oh. I, I mean, I don't think anyone, you know, 88 wins, division winner, no one, no one had them as a juggernaut. It all came together. That's what you have to do to win a World Series. I agree with you, though. This team is very well set up. Yeah, for the next several years, uh, as Henry mentioned, it, it doesn't mean anything. Unfortunately, I think the years of dynasties are basically over. Yeah, uh, you know, look at the Dodgers too. <laughs> Everyone thought the easy repeat didn't happen yeah. for them either. So, wow. um, but yeah, you you are definitely set up very well. Another thing, I'll, and I'll and I'll repeat it because I, I I feel like I repeat this over and over and over for the stammering idiots that always cry about you know a salary cap. And how you have the same teams in baseball winning over and over again. You put baseball up against any sport, you have Mm -hmm. more winners that win the championship from different teams than you do in any sport in the last 20 years, period. Period. And and 20 consecutive years of no back-to-back titles now. I I don't want to hear it. Parity exists in baseball. You don't need a salary cap. You need to force these teams to stop being cheap and give them a salary floor and keep it moving. I agree. Like Vince said, we have a lot to talk about that because we're going to talk about numbers and, and deals and lockouts and, and scab players and all kinds of crazy shit because we're in for a long winter. Yeah, That's cool. uh, nuclear winter. So parting words, Pedro, a quick thought on Charlie Morton and TDA coming back to the Braves. That's already been decided. Are you excited about that? You know, is that neither here or there? What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I love it. I love those signings. I want TDA back. You know, I know we have a couple of prospects coming in there. Shea Langlier and we have in the minors. He's, he's going to be awesome. He's a great defensive um, catcher. He might be one of the top defensive catchers coming into the game, maybe developing later. And we also have Contre Contreras, uh, William Contreras. Uh, we also, you know, I mean, I like TDA for two years, you know. Uh, let's see what our prospects do. Um, and I like the Charlie Morton signing. I know he broke his leg. Uh, but he has he he has a tremendous amount of guts, you know. He struck out a two way with a broken leg. I mean, you can't you guys you got you yeah. gotta give the man. He has heart, you know, a lot of experience, and mostly he's uh he's good to be uh you know the young the younger pitchers. Um, it's good to have him around, you know, in that, in mentor, that um, yeah. the clubhouse. Yeah, the mentor. I tell you, you had me at striking out Altuve. You just had me right there. <laughs> uh, well, I, I do want to get your feelings on one more thing before we let you go. Yeah. Freddie Freeman deal. I mean, once you guys signed, traded away ball, I, I just assumed the Freddie Freeman deal would work itself out. I didn't think it would take this long, to be honest with you. If, li listen, this is going back to ownership again. If Freddie Freeman walks away, um, blame the shit on ownership is not on Alex Andopoulos at all. Ownership is the fault. It would be at fault for this. Yeah, I know Alex Andopoulos wants, yeah. wants to get this deal done, but ownership is holding him back more. Um, this should have been done a long time ago. Um, I say, you know, he's 32. Freddie Freeman is everything for the organization of the Braves. Freddie Freeman leaves. Um, we're going to step back a little bit because, you know, replacing Freddie Freeman is going to be very hard. You would probably need like a guy like Anthony Rizzo. And, you know, you don't want to get into a bidding war with the Yankees. <laughs> you can have Anthony Rizzo if it means Freddie Freeman is a free agent. Yeah, I'll make that, that trade. <laughs> if you guys take Freddie Freeman from us, which there's rumors out there, then, you know, I'll happily take Rizzo. But Freddie Freeman leaving will crush my heart, you know. Not only that, it would be the ultimate slap in the face to the fan base. It would be the ultimate slap the in the face, and this is all ownership's fault if he leaves. Yeah, you can't do that. That's a Marlins move. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. after winning the World Series. Not anymore. That's what I mean. I, you can't you can't be tearing down franchise cornerstones after you win a World Series. It's not exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, thank you for – one. is it a playoff beard, or is this just what we're going, we're going with? It going was a forward? playoff beard. Definitely. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like it, man. It looks good on you. You got you yeah, had a groom. That, that's oh, yeah. a championship beard. Pedro did, that is. Pedro did no shave September, October, and November. That's impressive. Exactly. Oh, that's been yeah. going a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that championship beard, man. There's still champagne in that joint. Oh, yeah. You got to shampoo it and everything. You know? <laughs> awesome. Well, see you in the life groups. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations on the World Series. And, I appreciate uh, you guys having me. Definitely. Yeah. Good luck going for the go, three. Go, go get some uh, Braves fans and bring them to the group. I will yeah. for sure. Thank you. Have a good one. So that was Pedro uh, joining us, our resident Braves. Uh, he's, he's by far, I think, the most prominent Braves in yeah. life groups, right? He was yeah. nice about it too because he could have gloated. And I know he really wanted to, but I think he was nice about it. I, I think the New York blood in both of our veins kind of wanted it more. But uh, exactly. yeah, it's not Pedro style. I respect that too. Let, let me um, let the Yankees win the chip. I want to be the biggest asshole. I, I, I will promise this to everyone who's watching, everyone in the life groups. If the Yankees win the World Series anytime, as long as the life groups are living, I have literally paragraphs for every single team I will talk shit about. Uh, every team in Major League Baseball, I will talk shit about if the Yankees win the World Series. So that's what you have to look forward to. You can continue to root against the Yankees and deny that you do it, and that's I, how it works. I do like Pedro's plan about getting uh, Anthony Rizzo. I, I like that. Make that happen because that means Freddie Freeman's on the market, and there's no better fit than the Yankees. 
It'd be a dream. And that's a good segue because we get into here a uh, hot stove. It, it's an interesting winter so far because things are happening really quickly because you're kind of going to run into this. Yeah, you're running into this uh, line here in the sand for players. It's the difference between players who want to make sure they're getting paid while they go into the CBA situation and players who are going to wait it out and probably sign in like March, maybe yeah. even April, depending on how long this goes. So you're having rapid fire deals right now. It's not going to be all of them, but we've seen, we'll go down the line. We'll talk about each one real quick. And then we'll kind of talk about the guys who are still out there and, and try and piece this together. But we'll start with the most recent news earlier today, Ben Verlander announcing that his brother, Justin Verlander is returning is to that, the Astros. Is that really his brother? Yeah. I had yeah, no yeah. idea. I'm actually Facebook friends with Ben. I've sent him idle messages from time to time to come on our show, but now his show is significantly larger, so it'll probably never happen. But um, this is before he had his own podcast. But yeah, that is his brother, uh, younger brother. And uh, yeah, Justin Verlander returning the Astros. I think if I saw this correctly, two years, 50 million, right? 25 million a year. Was it two years or one year, 25? I I thought it was two, but maybe it, maybe it's one. Someone let us know. Yeah, the last thing I saw um, was one at 25, which I get it. He wants a little more than the qualifying offer, but oh, you're right. It is two year 50. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, that is a lot of So here's the thing. 50 I had guaranteed. There's no... There's no crazy i had said a few days ago i was okay in certain circumstances with justin verlander going to the yankees depending on what the contract looked like and in my mind i was like if you have a front-loaded contract like 25 20 25 million year one and then you had like a five to ten million dollar team option in year two so it came out to like a two-year 30 40 million dollar deal I'd be, I, I could be okay with that because I think that Verlander is a freak of nature. Generally, year one after TJ is not great, but year two, maybe there's something left. You get him for cheap, and the AAV is beneficial that way. That said, two years, $50 million, I would have been irate if he was going to go to the Yankees at that yeah. price. That's way too much money. And it's not like the numbers aren't – it's 25 each season. I, I just think that's a gross overpay. Yeah, and a player option, Corey tells us, for year two, which – to me is insult to injury because like Justin, Justin's not walking from that 25 million. I'd be shocked. He'll be 39 at that point. No way. Yeah. So now uh, you have a rotation full of a 38 year old Verlander coming off Tommy John surgery. Zach yeah. Granke, who just limped across the finish line last year. Does Granke have a year left or is he a free agent? I don't think he's a free agent. I'll double check. But... Yeah, I had to check on that. I thought he was in a walk here for some reason, but you're right. I mean, even so, you've got two guys who are pushing 40 um, in the front of that rotation. Look, the Astros get it done. I mean, they they find their way into the playoffs and they find their way to be a pest. You are correct. He's a free agent. I I remember because my doomsday scenario for the Astros was the end of 2021. That that entire franchise falls apart because you've got uh, Yuli as a free agent, I'm pretty sure, as well. Um, I don't know why I I thought Zach was... uh... Still on the contract. Yeah, no, Correa free agent, and then Verlander and Greinke were going to be free agents, so that was a big loss. Uh, Verlander's now now back in a different circumstance. Uh, look, I, yeah, I mean, they have Alvarez, they have Tucker, they have Bregman, they have the declining years of Altuve, but, they, you know, they're still going to be good. I'm not going to – and they have these young pitchers, by the way, who I think a few of them could be pretty good. Um, but – yeah, uh, this team's getting weaker every year to me, is how I look at it. 
Yuli's a, um, Yuli's still signed for one more year. Okay, so he's in a walk year now. So Which, yeah, I mean they're so they're going to be around. Eight million dollars for Yuli. Come on. Uh, yeah, uh, this is why the Astros have the payroll they do and compete at the weight that they do. They're a smart organization, even even with the cheating. Um, Noah Syndergaard, kind of a similar vein as as Justin Verlander. This is a guy who ha- didn't pitch last year. Uh, Noah didn't pitch the year before that either. Yeah. And, uh, and was it two innings in two years? Yeah. And he's going to the angels. Uh, we're going to talk about the Mets multiple times tonight. <laughs> this is the first time it's a, this is a weird situation where I feel like everyone made a terrible decision. Like the Mets let Noah walk. The Mets were, were okay with Noah coming back at 18, four, but they let him walk at 21 which to me is a little weird given that Steve Cohen basically is like, Hey, we have an unlimited payroll. Uh, so, and by the way, the CBA is expiring. So we don't even know what the ramifications are, but they let Noah walk. And now the Mets who ended up having a pretty depleted rotation by the end of the year from injuries have lost another option there. I don't think it's franchise altering. I don't think it's going to kill the Mets at all. It's just a weird, it's a weird decision to me to walk over 3 million for your guy and then for the angels to sign him as a qualified, you know, he, he declined the qualified offer. So angels are going to get punished for this. Mets are going to get a little bit of collateral and you're signing him for 21 million. And it's the angels who are just arguably the second worst organization in baseball at developing pitchers. Yeah. I, I disagree with one portion of that statement. I agree that the angels portion of it was foolish I agree that from a value perspective, it was foolish from Noah because I think if there's a place you want to go reestablish your value, that Angels team is not it. That is not the place you want. If that's the case, you go to Tampa Bay, pick up the phone, have it, you yeah. pick up the phone, call Tampa Bay. Even if you take a little less than a qualifying offer, you go somewhere where you can reestablish your value and get that multi-year deal. I, so- do, I do disagree about the Mets. I think the Mets had the best option for them. They gave him the qualifying offer. They've paid him for two seasons and he's given them nothing. So they've already paid him over $20 million for two seasons. He's done nothing. They gave him the qualifying offer. And from what I read in the post today, they never came back to the Mets and said, Hey, we got this offer from LA. I don't think I blame the Mets on that one. That last part's perfectly fair. Uh, If he really just didn't give them a shot to re-sign, there's nothing you can do about that. As far as the other part, it's more for me, we see what the Mets will do with this 9.7 million or whatever, whatever he made in 2021. I I will tell you one thing. Sorry, cut you off. I'll tell you one thing. The Mets actually did him a favor because I guarantee you, if they didn't offer him the qualifying offer, he he wouldn't have gotten that much money. There's no way he would have, because he had the qualifying offer as leverage. Yeah. So there's no His way the market might have been that. bigger. There's no way he would have gotten that kind of money um, had they not given him the qualifying offer. Yeah, but more so goes to my third point, which is that for Noah, I think it was the worst decision of all. Yet yeah, so here's the thing, and this was a, a brief argument when when this came down that I was having is that yes, he secured himself 2.6 million extra dollars. This is a man who has made tens of millions of dollars already, even before he entered any sort of free agency. Uh, he's 29 years old. So I, yes, there's obviously injury concerns, but this isn't a guy who is Justin Verlander, for example, in the twilight of his career, having these major injuries, he may very well have a lot of tread left and he took $2.6 million to your point, Henry, 
to go to a team who is not known for getting career years out of guys oh. in a in a in a division that is probably not my top choice, you know, as far as where pitchers go. In an a- AL that is guaranteed DH, I think we'll have a universal DH, but the AL is guaranteed to have it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do a pillow deal, in my mind, he's taking 2.6 million and he's potentially costing himself tens of millions because even if he had 130 solid innings next year for any organization, you want to go to a Tampa or a Houston or a Dodgers or any of the giants, any of those franchises with massive pitcher parks, obviously the Mets are one of them. And you want to pitch there and you want to have a great year. And then you want to get your three or four year deal. And I feel like he's robbing, he's putting himself in the worst position for them. And that matters way more to me than 2.6 million if I'm a guy who has 20 million in my bank account. I, I totally agree. And and if you're the Angels, why on earth, why on earth would you get a guy coming off injury who's been limited in innings when you already have Otani that you have to baby? Mm-hmm. So now you have two thirds of your rotation. Just you're gonna babysit them. Well, this is what the that, Angels uh, do. This is what the, the Angels. This is, this is, this is what is they do. Current, this is their current rotation. Otani Sindigar, Patrick Sandoval, Jose Suarez, and, and Reed Detmers. I'm, I'm sorry. That, that does nothing for me. Adding is Syndergaard Bundy to that. Huh? Dylan Bundy gone? Uh, he's not listed, so. He might be a free agent. Yeah, that, that, that's just – it's a foolish move. Uh, the Angels were better off going getting the Zach Granke. I'm sorry. He's, he's cheaper, and you'll probably get more innings out of him. I got, or, or yeah, or or go like go in on like a Strowman even would be like get to something with Robbie Ray. I what like Strowman, Strowman's going to the Yankees confirmed after his last tweets. They spend two hundred <laughs> plus million on Anthony Rendon, who's headed into his thirties and is it is more offense that they didn't need at the time with Upton and Trout and and Otani, who has turned in everything you'd want him to be offensively. Uh but they don't do that. Like they are not, they, they are bridesmaids for Garrett Cole. Fine. But why can't you spend half of that money Bingo. or a third of that money on a guy like Robbie Ray? Like yeah. that's where if I don't I, understand if I, it. If I'm an angels fan, I'm saying, Hey, why don't you go give Garrett Cole's money to Robbie Ray and Carlos Rendon? Go bring two of those big guys here. Yeah. Those, those I'd way, way rather have Rendon than Syndergaard. Of course. I, I'll say that right now. It's it, it, yeah, it, it's, Bizarre. I mean, Eddie's you know what saying would be the funny comments, if, they're not done, which is fair. Is if Rondon, Rondon goes, to, goes over to Queens. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I, I think he re-ups. I, I do think he'd be ups in Chicago, though. I That's my gut feeling uh, for anyone who, like, any situation like that where they um, they turn down the, or they, I guess he didn't, he didn't get a qualifying, or he didn't, he doesn't have a qualifying pick attached to him. No. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So for the Mets, that would be a huge win to me. You're getting a lefty Carlos Rondon and uh, a Rodon. Probably cheaper than the $20 million that Syndergaard got. Yeah, you're getting a, a smaller AAV. You're collecting the collateral for letting Syndergaard walk, and you're getting a better pitcher. I mean, that's a no-brainer. If I'm the Mets, I'm all in on Rodon just to prove that point. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's – Eddie, if you get Robbie Ray and you get Noah Syndergaard, that at least I could see as progress. But the Angels never, ever land the big fish here, and Robbie Ray is the big fish of this winter for pitching. Yeah, so you, you, I don't see it. They're doing a six-man rotation, so you need six guys there. Right, yeah. You got Sunday Otani, and now you have Noah, who who the hell knows what you're going to get. I, I prefer to call bizarre. him Cherry Pick Shohei. <laughs> 
And if you and if you don't think you're a playoff team next year, which the Angels shouldn't, I'm sure they do think they are. You know, they're making moves. Why are you signing Noah to a one-year deal to begin with? What's the point of spending 21 million? Well, the you're Angels, not getting a qualifying offer out of him because you're they already has one. The Angels aren't beating the Astros. The Angels aren't leaping Seattle. Seattle was fun to watch. Yeah, I, I don't see any scenario, no matter what the Angels do this winter, given the free agency class, where they're the second best team in that division. Shit. You can get, you can talk me into Oakland, you can talk me into Seattle, you can't talk me into the Angels. So why are you spending twenty one million? I saw one theory where they might trade him at the deadline. What are you going to get for Noah Syndergaard at the deadline? I mean, <laughs> that, that makes, you wouldn't want to then extend him if he's having that, that great. Of that a makes a, that makes some sense, but if if that's the goal, it tells you that they know they're going to suck. And is that draft pick you just gave away worth the hopes right. that Syndergaard has a decent season? It's a net neutral to me. You're not going to get a top prospect for Noah. And if he's that good, if this is the Noah Syndergaard of 2017 or whatever year he was last, you know, a, a Cy Young type guy. Why aren't you trying to extend him then? He's healthy and he's throwing that guy. Like, then that's the guy you want to target. And so they're going to trade him. It makes, like, I don't understand. You know what it is? Trout Tra- needs somebody to hang out with on the I.L. I guess it's you joke, but Mike Trout's there. He's This is a guy who's getting perennially injured. And Justin Upton's old and getting injured. I, I don't know. And and we know from Otani's comments, he's not going to tolerate. This is not going to be Otani's career. I have read half of the Otani book so far. This is a guy who eventually is going to want to win. He's a very competitive dude, even if he comes off as a pussy. Wouldn't it be funny? Seattle's on the way up, right? Otani's a free agent in what? One year? He wants to stay on the West Coast close to Japan. I mean, come on. This is what's the faith, the fate of the Angels. You're going to watch Shohei Otani. Walk to the Mariners, your division rival, a team who hasn't made the playoffs in 20-something years, and he's going to lead that team through the postseason, and it's going to drive Angels fans nuts. Yeah, And that's what's going to happen. I don't see see them signing him long-term. I think he goes to Seattle. I agree. Seattle makes them a giant. I could see him going there. It's funny, and I don't know if you want to segue this or not, but when they got Otani, Everyone kind of knew that it was the Yankees or a West Coast team, and he preferred right. a West Coast team. All of a sudden, Billy Epple is getting all this credit for signing Otani. Fuck out of here. I had that thought, too. I feel like that's something only Yankee fans would put together because, yeah, for whatever reason, Billy Epler has this reputation that he, like, like – ghost whispered to Otani to get him to sign with the Angels. And the reality of the situation was there's only like three or four teams Otani was considering. Yankees weren't one of them and the Cubs weren't one of them. So for a team, now you didn't need to be a big market, but obviously Otani wanted to go somewhere where on the West Coast uh, that was going to tailor their approach to him. There's only so many teams like that. So yeah, I mean, he did end up signing credit. He signed Otani. But he had a lot of cards in his favor in that situation. And he's not the guy who came up with the system by himself that wooed Otani over. I'll never, never blame a a Japanese player wanting to stay on the West Coast and being as close to home as possible. I would never fault that. New culture, new everything. It makes a lot of sense, you know? Sure. Sure. Look, the ship has sailed with Otani. He made the decision he made. He's in the situation he's in. 
Billy Epler gets some credit for it. I get he's been scouting him a long time. So I have a lot of other guys connected. I was going to say he's not the only one who's been scouting him. Otani's name internationally has been known since he was a high school kid. Um, No doubt about that. Whether whether you've been scouting him since he was 13 or 15 doesn't make a difference. The fact of the matter is Otani's been a big fish for a long time. And he came to America in the best possible situation for any owner because he came before posting. Yeah. So all you had to do was pay him his, his pre-arb. He came as a normal player. So it was a great exactly. situation. Yeah, why not? Let's segue over to Billy Epler. Uh, Billy Epler signs with the Mets as their general manager. The early indications I saw was that Billy Epler will indeed have general management duty. Because that was kind of the first thing that was pointed out is like, well, maybe Sandy Alderson's put you know, pulling the strings here and Epler's a, a figurehead and, and whatnot as a GM, but that doesn't seem to be the case based on the reports that I've read. It seems like Epler's going to be a legit GM, just like he was with the angels. And it is an awful, awful, awful signing, really, really bad signing. Look, I don't cut Henry can tell you more than anyone. I don't usually come down one-sided a hundred percent on something. <laughs> I can see the merit in a lot of decision-making and, and I'll hedge on that. I'm not hedging here. This is a terrible signing. I, I didn't like it either for them. Um, I I just you look at Billy Epler, what he did with the Yankees, and and he he left them just barren in the farm system. He went to the Angels and did nothing. All he did was <laughs> sign the best player in baseball to the biggest contract in baseball. That's not that hard to do. Billy Epler was the Yankees. Uh, scouting guy from 2005 to 2015, I believe. And the Yankees had their most barren farm system. Now there's a difference between the Yankees farm system in the late nineties, which was non-existent because Steinbrenner traded everyone at all times to what the Yankees had going on the first half of this decade or the first half of this century, I should say first 2000 to 2010, we'll say. And that was that they had terrible scouting. So Billy Epler does not get credit for me for being a great scouting mind. Damon Oppenheimer does because he's the guy who's kind of the brains behind turning that farm system around, starting with guys like Aaron Judge and making it now a good, I would still not say great, farm system. So then you have to look at his body of work, Billy Epler, as a GM since the Angels. He is the only GM employed since 2015 who has not had a winning season. (laughs) As the Angels, 2015 to 2020, he didn't work last year. And now he's getting a second job. And here's where it shouldn't offend Mets fans, what I'm saying, and we'll get Jacob Moses' take on this in a moment here. It shouldn't offend you because he's the sixth or seventh choice. Exactly. He was not their first choice. And it shows because he's not a great choice. The only credit I'll give to Billy Epler is that he's been around baseball and he's a name. And sometimes that's better than just, I don't know, signing a uh, agent to be your GM who has no front office experience ever, which is something the Mets have done in the past. Well, they and were, weren't, weren't they also looking at someone else who doesn't have GM experience? Right. So at, at least he's been a GM. That's the only thing I'll say about him. Here's another thing. This is going to piss off Jacob, and I've already told him. This is the Adam <laughs> Gay signing oh, of Major League Baseball. It is exactly like Adam Gase for the Jets because Adam Gase had a season and a half where he made Jay Cutler an okay quarterback, not a terrible one. And he became this quarterback whisperer. Then he became a head coach and failed. And then the Jets are like, let's go bring this guy in. He's an unmitigated disaster. I said he would be when he was signed for the Jets. It turned out to be true. I'm saying the same thing for Billy Epler. And I'll give you another example. The other side of football, 
The Giants, Joe Judge, their third choice. Pat Shermer was their third choice before that. Right. When you get to your third and fourth, Aaron Boone, third choice of the Yankees. When you get to your third and fourth choices, these are not ideal scenarios. They're guys you hope are going to pan out. And Billy Epler was more like their sixth or seventh choice. It's not good. It's not good, Mets fans. I, I'm not sugarcoating this. It is not a good signing. I, it, prove me wrong. It'd be great. Maybe the money can buy him out of this. I hate it. There's this thing that's been going around for, I want to say, a week, maybe two weeks about David Stearns. And, and you know, he's the president of baseball operations at Milwaukee. Um, apparently, he wants the job. The Mets want him. And Milwaukee won't negotiate, which to me is foolish because that tells you the guy's out in a year if he doesn't want to be there. And he's trying to negotiate that now. Right. They're saying, maybe, Billy Eppler, they're saying Billy Eppler and David Stearns is close. I don't care because David Stearns is going to come in and be the – the president of baseball operations for the Mets. He's not going to take a downgrade and be the GM. So that means that Billy Epler is still the fucking GM. And maybe it's a sweetheart deal for both. Maybe the Mets just want some sort of continuity because they just fired two GMs in like three days and they want a guy who's going to stay there for a year. Some and the- maybe he does bring in a great president of baseball operations who they can then pull the strings of another GM. It's but possible. Now they just give him a check. I get it. You're, uh, some yeah, of the- but you're, you're, it's a lot of conclusions to draw. Yeah, some of the early names I loved. I, I loved the idea of, of getting Theo Epstein. I loved the idea of getting Billy Bean. I think those were the right targets, and those guys were a little high out of their mind asking for equity. But I think those were the right targets. And then you started going into uh, – they fucking tried to get a, a, a lawyer who'd never been a GM and, and all this other shit. And I'm like, I, I don't want to say it because I was a big fan of the Steve Cohen purchasing the method. It's the same old Mets right now. It's the same circus. It's yep. the same question mark. It's the same everything. I, I don't want Billy Upner running my team if I'm, a, if I'm a Mets fan. And let's go to a Mets fan. We got Jacob Moses here. <laughs> Jacob, <laughs> tell me, yeah, tell me what you think of Billy Upler. First of all, y'all kiss my ass. <laughs> so I'd say that. And congrats to the Braves. You know, now I just have to make it the south way. Now we are the last. We have seen every single team win a World Series before we did. We just leave it there. I'm not going to get all the way into that. In, but Billy in Epler, your division, yes. In our division, yes. You it, are it's right. disgusting. It makes me want to, I makes me want to I throw up. think about that. Great but point. It, it makes me really sick. Marlins you know, twice for the record, Jacob. Yeah, That's shut up. Point shut up, man. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> when, the Listen, Marlins, right. when the Marlins win it again, it'll be a Yankee running them. <laughs> Um, I, yeah. Oh, oh man! See, maybe I can gloat about that. But, um, <laughs> but now Billy Epler, the only positive that I will give him that he was on the cash. That's it. He knows the New York market, which is I think that was big. Also, it's all about Stearns, Manhattan kid. He's a Met fan. It's going. You know, it's going to happen. Is that, is that confirmed? David Stern's a Met fan. We're he, is, he actually is. He is. He, he grew up in Manhattan and all that other nonsense. You know, so. let him. If you want to be the Messiah of the Mets, do what you got to do. Get him here next year. But we all know that's the only reason Billy Epper got hired. It's, it's come on. We David know what it is. Stearns is the kind bloom of the NL. So exactly. that would be, it would be a fantastic get if you get it. So here's my Not thing. Not why I make moves up. Here's my mm. thing. If that were the case, he should have been your number one pick from jump. It, it could have been. Your number but one pick from jump was Theo Epstein, then Billy Bean. I really think David Stearns was up there. And here's my problem. I, I, here's my problem with mm-hmm. the David Stearns thing. 
you can't wait a year. A lot can happen in a year. You have scandals. You have all kind of crazy shit. You could have David Stern could probably get another offer and be wooed from another team. You, you just mm-hmm. can't let, if I'm Steve Cohen, I'm going to Milwaukee and I'm like, look, this is the guy we want. He doesn't want to be here. He wants to be with us. We want him. Let's work out some sort of compensation because I'm sorry. If you're Milwaukee, you don't want this guy running your team knowing he's gone mm-hmm. in a year. And if you're the Mets, you don't want him out there a year making moves and, and, and building a more of a resume for himself. You just don't. Yeah, it's, it's just a weird situation of why they're not doing it. Who knows? Like I said, I wish I was an insider to get that information, but we just don't know. So it's just we're going to have to wait another year. But my another wish for Billy Eppler, listen, uh, we don't want just last year. We don't want unsolicited dick pics. We don't want DUIs, DWIs. <laughs> just have your dick pics and DUIs. I mean, listen, keep that shit away from Queens. Just do your thing. You know, you know New York. Uh, we we get it. Free. He was scandal free. Uh, that, that's all I want right now because these last two years have been ridiculously crazy for us. <laughs> just how the hell? Just think about it. That, that was so Mets. I, I get the phone call. Jake, you hear about Jerry Porter? What the hell? What are you talking about? Oh, he said a dick pig. I just, I sat in my office and he was like, can we have, what you know, the hell? The funny part Franchise. is like, there's a party that you're like, my nigga. And then there's another party you're like, come on, <laughs> You're like, come on, son. But she said no like 20,000 times. Like, what, what do you what do you get off sending Johnson picks like 750, 100, 150? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with It wasn't you? just a dick pic. It was the solicitation. It was some sexual predator behavior. I know, but God damn, this, this is... Bro, that's what we're going to call y'all, dick pics and DUIs. That got to be somebody's fantasy, uh, fantasy that, team's name. That, that I was thinking about it. I was honestly thinking about it. You're welcome. Like, that, this, I have, oh, I have to add uh, this idea. The Brewers twice have, <laughs> have said no to the Mets interviewing Stern, so it's not entirely in that fault. We don't yeah. believe in no. We're going to take it or you just go. We're going to keep it a little bit clean. But we honestly, wish I think, we had that tenacity in the Mets front office to, to get I, some more guys I, in the front office. But I wish it's not how they use those powers. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. And I got to say, Jacob, I like having you as a Mets fan on way more than Henry's <laughs> relatives who bust my balls about Aaron Boone coming back. That, like, this is like night and day for me. I told extend Boone. I kept saying it. Extend Boone. It was gonna happen. Yeah. Once again, you cannot fight. You cannot fire a dude that kept winning ninety. What is it? Three, four years in a row now with ninety. Yeah. You can't. You yeah. you got it. You got to go through a Met season for him to get fired. And y'all I, don't want to see that. I, I think I might take that exchange, man. <laughs> The Yankees are like, Boone's like the white privilege of, of like managers, right? Absolutely. Like, like we're starting from 90 wins and Henry and are like, get this guy shot into outer Look, space. I, and the Mets I, fans are like, can we have a GM who just doesn't take yo, his dick out inappropriately? That's, that's, that's where we're going to start. Here's the thing. Can we have a dick pic DUI scandal with Aaron Boone? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, right over there, like thing. Get him, get in trouble. Like, Come on, please. Get him the phone with the micro, you know, the, the extra zoom, you know, whatever he got to do. Just get that man a scandal to get him Fire. Let this him get guy, me this idiot, He doesn't something. miss his devotionals on Sundays. Like Aaron, like Jaywalk. Do something. <laughs> something illegal. Anything I'll take. 
Fern and Boone to get the hell out of the state. The biggest fucking scary <laughs> telling my guys are fucking savages. They're savages but, in the box. The fuck out of here. And, it, and everybody loved it. <laughs> that, and, right, exactly. Because he showed balls for the only time he's been in New York. That was the one time Aaron Boone seemed like he was a male. And uh, <laughs> and it still didn't work. So, yeah. <laughs> And we lose the next game. <laughs> Nah, yeah, Joey just I, said I'm it. Sure. We, we got drunk Relusa Lu- Lu- freaking winning divisions. What, can yeah, we get no, something? Give, give me a scandal. I need a scandal, man. Man, I don't care. That's what I said. I want the bad boy match back. I want to see people get punched in the face. As long as we win, I don't care. Cheat. Yeah. I mean, inject yourself. Bring the steroid error back. Listen, you got to do what you got to do now. Listen. No, all right. I'm, I'm kidding, guys. We're not going to be Houston. All right. Yeah, and plus, y'all ain't... Now I see why y'all say it ain't shit. See, y'all couldn't get the job done. See, you could have saved Matt fans some trouble, beat the Braves. Now y'all on my shit list. Y'all ain't shit. I hope everybody leaves. I tell you, there's been whispers about Brad Ausmus. I'm telling you now. I, I, I heard I think Bro, that's coming. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away from Brad Ausmus. Get you. Go get Buck Showalter, man. Go get you. A, that's what I want. That is my manager. That's, that's okay. what I want. Experience shit. I would even take freaking, what the hell is that dude's name? Old dude that coached USA when we won uh, WBC. Jim, Jim Lee. I'll, I'll, I'll take Jim Lee with before Lee I take Brad Ausmus. There's no way he's yeah, he under 90 years old. How old is Jim Who Lee? Who gives a shit? He'll be all right. I mean, Russo looks like he's he 90 okay. years old. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Listen, if he's breathing, he can manage. Shit. If you, bring in, if you bring in Buck Showalter, that would mitigate like. 60% of my ire for Billy Epler. That would be a big get. The problem is that wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold then on. Billy Epler is going to walk in a year like you all want and Buck Showalter's a lame duck. So what's the plan here? Jake, I need some I need some clarity on that comment Joey made where he says Sean compared Ausmus to Craig Council? Come on, oh, son. No. Yeah, I mean, love Sean to death, but this dude is wild. I mean, we call him the excuse factory for a reason. That Every goddamn thing. Me and Joey try to speak some sense. Oh, absolutely. I love Sean. I love his analysis on 28 teams. That's it. (laughs) 28 teams. That's what he's good for. He's good for 28 teams analysis. Sean turned on Louis Rojas real quick, by the way, once he became our outfield coordinator and our base coach. But as a manager, he was going to be looked at by like 25 teams. Hell no. No, no, no. He said, uh, no, Sean, I'm getting your ass here. No. When I was, we were complaining. He sucked. Oh, well, we went to the Padres. He went, the Padres didn't even know his ass. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I, no, no excuses. Luis Rojas is trash. I'm perfectly okay with the Luis Roja um, yeah. signing for the Yankees. I think that's what he he needs to build back up. I don't. I think he will be a good manager eventually. Yeah, damn sure wasn't here. He's yeah. just too good of a baseball guy not to. I, Rojas is it? I get, I get where Sean was because I remember when he was defending Rojas when he before he was fired. I get where Sean's coming. He's he's a good baseball guy. Yes. he knows a lot about the game. This is a classic. <laughs> I'll use football again as an example. Classic example to me where you're not a good head coach, but you'd make a good coordinator, or you were a good coordinator and you're not a good head coach. Same thing in baseball. Like he, mm-hmm. third base coach, outfield coordinator, Rojas probably going to be a good asset. He's got to be better than than Phil Nevin going around giving everyone COVID and denying that, that it exists. So, I mean, like that right off the bat, if you're not making our players sick, <laughs> that's good for a third base coach. So I'll take that from Rojas. Louis Rojas is going to be a good manager. 
He he just yeah for y'all. Yeah, he coming. He coming for Boone's job. He gonna slide right up in the Boone's job. You know what? Give him a little more time. I'll be perfectly okay with him taking Boone's job. See it happening. I'm not going to go there yet, but that's only because there's like 17 old guys that, that I would like to replace Boone right now. Uh, Rojas is somewhere on that list, but Rojas not is, near the top. Of it. Rojas is also Spanish, and the Yankees don't hire Spanish. Yeah, well, you know my pop- so, so right. one we'll, we'll get one more question out of you, Jacob, before we let you go, and then we'll get into some of these other management moves. Um, mm-hmm. Noah, Noah's gone. Thor is gone. Mm-hmm. He's, he's out of there. Obviously, Rojas is also gone. Epler's your your GM. What what do you think of Noah leaving, and how would you like to see the Mets proceed this offseason? Like, what are your main targets? We're going to talk about this later, so I want to know what what are your main okay. targets this winter? Main target, you got to get Stroman back. He was one of the most consistent ones in the rotation. You got to get him back. Noah, it hurt a little bit, but then again, once he didn't pitch in a year and a half, so what are you really missing? They weren't. He he got pretty much the bag for a year from the Angels. So, and plus you think about it, you got Peterson coming back. You got Miguel that he pitched really well. You got Jake coming back. So now you got to fill those holes. Uh, Walker, he was a, you know, one half pitcher. I think he ran out of gas. Yeah, he did. did. It it was pretty bad. It it was ugly. But Stroman, he was that consistent guy behind Jake. So honestly, you got to bring him back. By the way, didn't Sean tell us Taiwan Walker was going to be like some big stud? I'm not talking about that right now. All right. We're going to leave that alone. Um, We're going to let that go. Is that enough, though? Stroman comes back. You feel good about your rotation? I feel a little bit better. A little bit. I'm, you know, I'm going to be optimistic. That's how I am as a fan. Not going to get too up, not going to get too down, but Uh, I need more than that. You guys need another arm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I mean, we're doing. Jake needs help. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, he needs Jesus. That's what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> you got a lot of work to do. Gotta... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't trust the Mets medical staff any far as I can throw him. But now you need to outfield help as well. Conforto's gone. I can see him going to, you know, Seattle or something like that. Joey said the Braves. I'll throw up. Oh, um, you know who's a good fit for you guys? Hmm? Nick Castellanos is a great fit. I said that. I said I would love that. I I have no problem with getting him. We need another right-handed back. Like a title, at least you know. Yes, on base machine. Dominic Smith. Too many lefties. We need we need a righty bopper in there that kind of put things together. And we'll see. All right, right now it's not looking good. Honestly, I want to see who they hire as manager. Uh, maybe we do some. You know, do the the main Mets thing that we usually do first half team and see what happens then. But right now, it's looking ugly. If you guys get the universal DH, I've got a really, really great right-handed bat. He's been compared to Aaron Judge uh, on the other side of, of New York over there, who I think could be a nice <laughs> right-handed addition for you, and Luke Voigt. Um, oh, no, just going just gonna to cost you a couple things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that solves all your problems, you know? He's a winner. Trust me. This, this oh, guy, man, great right. defense. He's smart. He doesn't strike out too much. Just fantastic. Who that big oaf? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Absolutely not. I also think Universal DH would help you guys tremendously because you can. Let, I, I agree. I'm, you can let PDH Dom can play first. That in, in exactly defense. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take it. But right, we'll, we'll see. 
best of luck to you next year. I, I, at the very least, I hope that someone else in your division doesn't win the World Series next year. Like, it'd be nice if, you know, that stopped happening every other year. Uh, no, but that Jake, would be nice. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. And for those oh, who know, Jake is the co-host of the Step Back Basketball Podcast. If you are not in basketball life, get your ass in basketball life. For sure. Sir, they do a great job. We are going Friday. Got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. You know, Kyrie maybe again. Knicks. I mean, we're doing well. I'm going to give the Bulls some respect. Okay. Don't worry about it, guys. But <laughs> we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Spalding change. Whole Let's bunch keep, of stuff. I'm, I'm going to keep calling it the Staples Centers, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Mama calls Staples yeah, my uh, my identity crisis game, Knicks versus Magic's on right now. Knicks are losing again to a terrible team, so yeah, uh, they should yeah. stop doing that. Definitely mm-hmm. get us together, but I appreciate what you guys do. Keep doing it. Always love watching it. You know, best in there, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Have Got a good it. one. You too, brothers. And uh, Jacob segues us back into those those coachings. Yeah. Coaching moves. So we'll go to the coaching moves. We talked about obviously after a GM, we touched on Rojas again, third base coach, outfield coordinator. I have no problem. Rojas seems like a smart wow. mind. I I think he can windmill okay, so I'm fine with that. Uh, Yankees still need a bench coach, still need a hitting coach, and their old hitting coach and a guy I thought would make an excellent bench coach both went to the Marlins today. Marcus Tim signing a three year deal, I think, as the hitting coach for the Marlins and Al Padrique who was the, so you all know the connection. He was the minor league manager when Aaron Judge was a prospect in the Yankees organization. Uh, and then he was kind of unceremoniously ignored as with the manager vacancy when they hired Boone. I kind of liked it Pedrick. He's, he's an older baseball guy. Uh, Marlon's hiring him too. I forget. I think it's one of the bases though. I don't think it's a bench coach. Or, it's not manager or anything. I really um, like that. I know you're not a big yeah. Tames guy. I'm a big Marcus Tims guy. I think the Yankees held him back. Um, I like Marcus Tims, and I think you're going to see the Marlins immediately respond to him with that young, that young team they got there. I think that Tims' approach could work with the right personnel. It, it does not work with the Yankees' personnel. He's not a good fit here. He needed to go here. I completely am in support of that. But much like the Gabe Kapler situation with the Phillies, like if you have the right roster. I don't think Tim's is an idiot. I think he just, just has a certain approach and it doesn't work here. Dude, it just hit me. What? Yankees need a bench coach. Yes. Go get Felipe Alou. <laughs> How old? Like Felipe Alou and Jim Leyland have to be 100. You know Felipe Alou is Luis Rojas' father, right? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, Luis Rojas is Moises Alou's brother. He's an why is he a Rojas? I forgot the reasoning, but yeah, he's that's why I keep saying he comes from a baseball family. Oh, I just figured it. I that's mean, Felipe, there's a million that's, that's Rojas Felipe, family, uh, so I just figured named, that was one I believe he's named after his mother, but that's Felipe Alou's son. Yeah, that's neat. Oh, I did yeah, not know Felipe that. Alou in the fucking in the bench. Is Maddie Alou dead? I don't know. There's a lot of there's like six Alou's. Uh, I didn't realize that. Okay, well, yeah. I, so look, he's got the cachet. Like that's a good guy to have on the staff. As long as he's well, not he comes from a baseball family. I like Rojas. I just think he was put in an impossible position after Beltran got canned. Yeah, I mean, he was an emergency. This is again what the Mets. He's an emergency pick for the Mets. Now them they have an emergency GM who's going to make an emergency manager pick. I, this is just it's it's a cycle they need to get out of. Uh, Rojas, Rojas Yankees fine. 
It's not Felipe Alugo against his brother Moises. It's got to be. Yes. Let's see what he's doing. Uh, Tames Patrick Marlins. I like that move. I like both those moves. I, for the yeah, Marlins. I like them a lot. This is what the Marlins do. They take Yankee castoffs and they they make it. You know, join them in their the new family. Like Voltron. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, eventually. So those are, oh, and Tim Hires, my top choice for hitting coach, uh, Red Sox hitting coach, who he just randomly was like, I don't want to work for the Red Sox anymore, is now the Rangers hitting coach, which I think is going to be good for them. Fast. Yeah. Um, Another team that I think will leap the Angels. What's that? Another team, the, the Rangers, I think will leap the Angels. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, I picked the... I, the Angels actually did better for a while last year than I thought they would, and then the, and then they kind of fell off at the end. Um, but yeah, I, Angels can finish anywhere from fourth to fifth <laughs> next year to me. So they traded Pujols, and Pujols found the fountain of youth. Yeah, for a brief period. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to player moves now. We'll start with the a really smart duo. Detroit Tigers so far, this happens too. As a Yankee fan, this is super annoying and it's going to much be offensive to every other fan base. But I hate when there's this random team who I don't think is ready to compete yet and they're just huge spenders. That's what I think we're going to get from the Tigers this year. They, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year, but they're kind of... E-Rod, they sign Eduardo Rodriguez, which is a smart deal. This right. is a dur- He's a durable lefty who already got over heart problems and remained durable. Bad year last year in the AL East, but this is a guy who had a lot of health problems in 2020. I don't necessarily hold it against him. Yes, his velocity's dipped. He's kind of like a low 90s to maybe mid 90s type thrower now. But I think the guy's got some gas left in the tank. He's still, you know, I think he might be turning 30. He's like in his late 20s. Um, this is kind of like a John Lester light type signing to me in that with the Cubs before they were ready to compete, kind of spent big on Lester and they, mm-hmm. and then Lester became big later. I, I, get, I feel like Rodriguez can usher in those young guys um, when Detroit starts to get pretty good. And I think they are going to get good like, eventually. I think they need one more pitcher, the one more veteran. Um, I love their rotation, Scooby, Mize, Manning. I, I, I really like staff. I really like what they're doing. I think, they can cause a lot of problems, but I would like to see one more veteran pitcher on that road in that rotation. Yeah, I, I think they need some depth. They need a reliable arm. Those three young guys have huge upside, but we don't know what we're going to get out of them yet. We're also uh, hearing a ton of rumors of them being in on one of the shortstops, which, you know, the player position splash, which they're smart if they're doing everything before the CBA negotiations. I, I think that it's a yeah. smart move for them. They're saying, we're probably going to save some money on the back end because of the CBA negotiation. So I, I like this a lot. This is also an organization that are really like they, they are, were spenders, you know, the entire part of last decade, pretty much they were spenders because they were competitive. So they're not, they're not going to be afraid to get up to like a $200 million payroll. Eventually. They signed Verlander, they signed Cabrera, they, they, they spent money. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they need a few sticks. Um, and they also obviously always need a bullpen, like permanently, they need a good bullpen. They don't have the bullpen to your point, Henry, to supplement a thin rotation. I think they have a, a high upside rotation. I agree with you. They need another arm, but Erod's a nice signing for them. And he's going to be thrown to Tucker Barnhart, who was probably my top choice to replace Gary Sanchez. And they signed Everybody's him different. lightning quick, like in the first 24 hours of free they, agency. They traded with, for him so fast. Um, and I love the move for them. I was pissed off because, like you said, I think we, we were in agreement there. 
Yeah. Um, perfect replacement for Gary Sanchez. Um, I just they move they move quick. Yeah. They I don't know what they're what they're doing to convince these guys so quickly to go to a place like Detroit. But well, he was working. he was traded. He was traded. Uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Erod, I guess the fast one, but he was gonna make he was gonna get his money. He fits yeah. that profile perfectly. Erod got, and, e- got good money, and I think the Tigers got good value. I, I like that deal for both. Yeah. Well, four years, fifty-seven million. Is that what it was? It was. Either way, leaves the Red Sox. That's uh, Red Sox also can use a reliable arm. 70, oh, 77. 70, yeah. Five okay. years, 77. That I makes mean, way more sense. He got paid, and I don't know if he would have gotten in too much more than that. He got durable lefty money. It's yeah. how I see it. Uh, that's unfortunately what the going rate is. Like the Rick Porcello years ago got a 580 for being a durable arm, essentially. Now he went on one of Cy Young, whether it was warranted or not. But mm-hmm. this, there's something to be said for being a durable arm, and he's mm-hmm. a lefty. So I don't. I don't think that's an insane contract to hand to him. And uh, again, the Red Sox weren't going to do it. So the Red Sox, we're going to see what they do. Um, we can kind of project there a little bit. What five years, 77 million. Thank you. Um, Red Sox are going to need pitching too. It's not really on the market. Time's not the type of guy who's going to force anything. So I don't, Red Sox are an interesting team next year in that they lost Erod. The offense is going to come back. That was a juggernaut last year. I don't see a reason it's going to have a major step back. Um, but this is a team I could see kind of still being like a high 80s, low 90s win team and not going to the ALCS next year. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see with that. I think um, I know we spoke about the qualifying offer a bit. I think that there was only one player to accept the qualifying offer. Yeah, Brandon Belt accepted the qualifying offer today. I think that was a smart move. 18.4 for him. He's he's 33, going to be 34 years old, I'm pretty sure. And he could have um, got more money, but I get it. He spent his whole career in San Fran. He probably wants to end it there. It's not a terrible one-year deal to me because there's not really a big difference between 33, 34, 35 to me. He's not going to get a long deal anyway. And 18.4 million is an, is an overpay for, for him. He had 329 at bats. I think last he could have got, like we said before, I think he could have got like two years, you know, 26, 27, you know, just eke out a few more million. But again, that's a lifer. He's going to be there. He'll retire a giant. So I, I get it. Everyone yeah. else that fuck off with the 18.4 million. Yeah. Yeah. And rightfully so. Um, one guy who was not good enough to get 18.4 million, Andrew Haney, has signed with the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, he didn't get a qualifying offer because he's god awful. He has publicly okay. claimed, you'll appreciate this, Henry, because I know you like um, pitchers who say smart things in the Bronx. Uh-huh. He publicly claimed that he was better than his stats indicate. So he's got that going for him. Um, now, he is going to the Dodgers. He's going to the NL West. The NL West, I think, is underlooked in that it has most, except for cores, it is all pitcher parks. Those are big ballparks out there in the West. Yeah. And he's going to the Dodgers, who are a world-class pitching organization. What do you think Andrew Heaney could be? I pray that Andrew Heaney gets lit the fuck up. <laughs> let me tell you what happened last year. Every single home game that Andrew Heaney pitched for the Yankees after he was traded, I somehow managed to be at that game. (laughs) Every single one. After the first one, you defended him, and I was so mad at you. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, you got very angry because after, like, three innings, I was like, we shouldn't give up on this guy yet. Like, he's striking guys out. Every start was worse than the other, and every time I looked at my ticket, 
I looked at the date. I said, I had another fucking Androgini start. You know, every, I think it was every single start he had at Yankee Stadium in the second half of the season, I was at the stadium. And that <laughs> pissed me off even more. I He was so bad that I almost think it was unsustainably bad. Like, no one can give up that many 420-foot lasers. And then he gave up more the next start. Yeah, I, well, like, he was giving up three to four dongs a game. So, and it was like every mistake he threw was hit a billion miles. To your point, he's going to a division with bigger parks, but he's also going to a division with monster offenses, and the other park is Colorado. Yeah, that's true. That's, so that's I hope he point. gets lit the fuck up so that Yankee fans and Angel fans can come together and just point and laugh and go, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, which, speaking of the Yankees real fast, we haven't talked about – their deals they i think they dodged the justin verlander bullet knowing that he got 50 million dollars mm-hmm. uh i don't have any i didn't have any interest in marcus stroman before his comments i don't have any now i know that you like correa a lot more than i do and not just from a personal standpoint but i just i don't think he's an ideal fit with the yankees and i don't really want to pay for a non-ideal fit when their top I don't, three prospects are all shortstops let me rephrase that I, I think correa is the best of the shortstop bunch by a lot um, I think he's I think, a slightly better player than than Seager, but I think Seager's a better fit. And that that's where I was going. I think Seager yeah. fits this team a little better. I don't want to pay either one of them for 10 years. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, going into this, I was like, we got to sign Seager in now, a big-time shortstop, he, and now I feel differently. You, you tell me Francisco Lindor was in this class like he was originally going to be. That's a whole different ballgame. Now I'm telling you, I'll give Frankie the 10 years. I'm not worried about Frankie. He's going to do fine in the Mets. I know he had a rough seat. I'm not worried about Frankie one bit. That guy, I'd give the 10 years to. Don't care if he's righty, lefty, swings with both hands, swings with his dick. I don't care. Frankie was a guy I would have given 10, million, uh, 10 years to. Correa and Seager, I'm, I'm not too crazy about that prospect of giving him that much money. I liked Lindor more than Correa and Seager going into last season. And not that I think last season's any sort of like death sentence for the next decade, but Lindor to me has some warts just in that he, first of all, he's a shortstop. That's an inherent wart. And second of all, he is a low on base percentage guy. I guess what I'm saying is that if Lindor's skill set does deteriorate as he enters his early thirties here, it could go fast. Um, Neither here nor there. I'm not worried about it if I'm the Mets after one bad year. Everyone deserves a transition year. But I agree with you. He's a better fit than Correa or Seager. And at this juncture, knowing that a guy like Volpe or Peraza or Cabrera could be a very – I mean, these guys can be your opening day 2023. They might be a factor. I'm almost on the Andrelton Simmons bandwagon, you know, just getting that stopgap at shortstop. And we were like – we were there last year. Two years, yeah. Yeah, we were there last year before the Yankees shortstop prospects became mega prospects. I mean, these guys weren't blue chips going into last year. They both had huge seasons. Now, I still kind of feel that way. You can sign Simmons to like a one or two year deal. My only problem with that is you're adding another righty. And if they're hell bent on keeping Gary Sanchez, then you're talking about you need a center fielder who is not Aaron Hicks, who is a left handed bat. And you also need a left handed bat at first base. And that is not negotiable for me. I think Starling Marte is a Yankee. Straight Which out. is a problem for me. I like Starling Marte, even if he's 33, but he is a righty. So this is what I'm talking and about. Isn't is he, he a switch hitter? No, I don't think so. I think he's just right-handed. If Starling Marte is a, a switch hitter, he should have been signed yesterday. But I'm like 90% sure he's just right-handed. 
Okay. I thought he was a switch hitter for some reason. So that's my problem is if you sign Simmons, you can add a right-handed bat to the Yankees this winter, but you can only add one. <laughs> and that's if you don't trade Joey Gallo. I'm Ooh. thinking of the other Marte is Cattell. Yeah. Cattell is the sw- Right. Corey, thank you for the correction. So you add Sterling Marte, you add Andrelton Simmons, you keep Gary Sanchez, you have Joey Gallo as a lefty, and you have Aaron Hicks who will be injured by May as, as a switch hitter who is a lefty in this in this situation. And then you might have a first baseman. But my problem is that you would need then a center fielder and a first baseman who is lefty, and you'd have to keep Joey Gallo. And I don't want to keep Gallo if you keep Gary Sanchez. So there, that's a lot of chatter about Byron Buxton to the Yankees. I don't like that either. Love Byron, the skill we, set. We have Byron Buxton. His name is Aaron Hicks. Right. We have that already. Mm-hmm. High ceiling, great defender, good bat when healthy. When healthy, when healthy. I don't want to add guys with questionable injury risks yeah i agree with you in that they're both injury prone and they're probably never going to reach their ceiling byron buxton when he's healthy is a much better player to me than hicks but they are both in it it, it's cut from the same cloth doesn't matter and they're both and buxton's a right-handed hitter so again this goes the whole problem if you're going to do simmons that's fine you improve defense he's a guy who could put the ball in play that's all i'm really looking for up the middle right now but if you're going to do that, you need a center fielder who bats lefty to join Gallo. You've got Stanton and Judge who bat righty. They, they can sprinkle the corners. That's fine. Um, if you're keeping Glaber and you're keeping Gary, something's got to give there. So, And I, I will tell you, I, I think if Freddie Freeman is not getting a deal worked out, if I'm Brian Cashman, I'm on that phone like, yo, they don't give you six years. We'll give you six years. And that yeah. is a lot of problems without – trading some of those big name big names that have been talked about for Matt Olson. You can turn around and maybe trade them for a pitcher. I would give Freeman whatever he wants. First of all, I'd give him like four to five times what I'd give Rizzo. Rizzo, by the way, I'm okay with coming back, but he is a solid plan B for me. But Rizzo, I don't think Rizzo plays every day. Rizzo's going to be a platoon guy. I mean, I think skill set wise, he's uh, fine, but he, yeah, yeah, his best days are behind him. There's no, it goes back him. to the injury prone players. I don't want injury prone players on this team anymore. Yeah. I, I think Rizzo is, is a liability just because he's getting old and he has a lot of mileage, but he's not a liability in that he's like chronically injured all the time. No, but that uh, back requires a, a lot of rest. Different, right. So that, that I, I agree. Rizzo is not a slam dunk. He's plus his body language, as Corey points out. Uh, he's he's not a slam dunk option. He's a solid plan B, just like Anderson Simmons is, um, because Simmons isn't a lefty. But Matt Olson, plan B, I, or some people's plan A. Ask the women in the club. <laughs> Matt Olson, I think, is going to happen, and that to me completely comes down to what that package looks like. Because if you, you first of all, Volpe and Peraza are off the table. I totally. I, uh, agree. I have zero interest in giving up either of them for a first baseman. I don't care I, who the first baseman. I know is. we differ here. I would also add yeah. Dominguez to that mix. I wouldn't touch Dominguez. Sorry. Yeah, I left him out. Yeah, Dominguez, because he's not a shortstop. Dominguez, I'm not touching my top three for Matt Olson. If you want a package around Cabrera, who's the Yankees' third best shortstop prospect, okay that's with fine it. with me. I'm willing to give up something, and I think Cabrera is a top 100 prospect. That's fine as a starting point. And if you want to add a Luke Voigt, I don't know if Oakland has interest or not to just replace Olsen with Voigt. If you want to do that, that's fine. No, it's a lot of talk about Austin Wells. They want Austin Wells. And that would be fine. If your centerpiece to me is Wells and Cabrera and maybe even a third piece like a a Gill or a Medina or a I have to be, I think, more of a Davey. Davey. Davey Garcia. 
Oh, that that's fine. Yeah. Any of those guys as a third piece is fine. You want to go with three really good. Those are good pieces. This is not a ripoff situation to me. Matt Olson has two years of control left. He's a very good. I don't think he's a. He's a very good first baseman. I tell you he what, he is not a perfect hitter. I tell you what, make me happy. Make me happy and go get me both mats. <laughs> of course you want Matt Chapman. Just give me yeah. both mats. Well, I'd be very yeah. happy with that. Well, so the other thing is, if you're going to sign Simmons and you're going to sign Olsen and you're going to sign Chapman, which Chapman's not going to happen, but I wouldn't be against it. Right. Then you are trading, in my mind, Glaber Torres. Not necessarily. Gio's already on the bench if Chapman's at third. And if he, Simmons he, is I at I think short. you can trade Gio. I mean, he's not a problem. You have Chapman at third. You have Simmons at shortstop. You have Glaber at second. Where is DJ going? He's going to play his original role, which was a super utility guy. That was what All he right, was so trying you, to do. You would trade Gio, and then you'd have DJ rotate. All DJ right, was, I can deal with that, too. Look, DJ was signed to be a super utility guy and, and give people rest because he can play every infield position. Right. Now, I'm perfectly can, okay so, with that. But, yeah. You don't um, lose anything. To me, that was Gio's role this year. I'd be fine with that. I don't think Gio should be starting third baseman. I do like that. I, I like him essentially replacing Odor, who I feel like they're going to bring back because it didn't cost anything, but he's a terrible fit here. I have no interest in him, even as a lefty. Uh, yeah. And he's that's coming redundant. back because he only cost $500,000. That's why right. That, we know that's going to happen. So that that's the problem. The Yankees have some makeup issues, and Real I'm curious to see if the Yankees address them or not. Real quick, uh, Melvin says Bryant. You know, to the Yankees question mark. I think I think Chris Bryant st- goes to the Mets. I don't think Bryant will go to the Yankees. I don't think that, that that'll become a serious. I problem. love Carlos Correa, and I've been saying this for three years. If anybody, I've, I've pinpointed yeah. Carlos Correa going to the Mets at third base for three years now. I think that's the best fit. I just think the numbers that are being thrown out is probably going to say no. They're, they're not going to want to pay six hundred million dollars for the left side of their infield. But I think I, Brian, Brian's a better fit for the Mets. I, I agree. I think Chris Bryant ends up in a Mets uniform. Um, Joey's saying that they are demanding Peraza in the deal. I, that's fine. Look, you know, not every deal has to happen. I'd walk away from that. I, they're not going to get a better deal. You know, Peraza is a top 20 prospect in baseball. You're not getting that elsewhere. So, so I'm not worried about thing. it. Here, here's the thing with, with the thing. How many teams – and contention need a first baseman that are willing to give you a top 20 prospect. That's what I'm saying. The market's not there to demand Peraza. Uh, sorry. If they get it, God bless them. I was okay. Walking away. What from do it. I call it? Turn around the, the Yankee tax, the Yankee tax. Let's ask yeah. for more because they're the Yankees. We see right. it every trade deadline. It's, it's just not. Yeah. I, this is the one thing about Brian Cashman that I am very happy has changed over the years is that they're willing to walk away if they're going to get fleeced. I, I don't, Yankees don't need to be fleeced on deals. Look at the last year's deadline. A bunch of fair deals. It magically was able to happen. It's it's like, this doesn't need to be the case. So, yeah, uh, you know, Melvin agrees with us. Peraza is not a, you don't give up an elite shortstop prospect who is near major league ready for a first baseman with two years of control left. You just don't, it doesn't make sense. And we have what you just described. We have two of them. Yeah, exactly. So, and and here's the other thing with shortstops. We'll get off this point. They can go anywhere. I'm not worried about Volpe and Peraza both being able to play shortstop. One of them could exactly. go to third. One of them go to center field. Shortstop if, can go anywhere. If you can get me that kind of production and defense on your infield from two guys that are league minimum, I'm sold. 
I will thank my lucky stars if both of those guys turn out to be regular. Right. You know what? Makers. It allows us to go spend on the one thing we cannot do, which is build pitching. We right. can't build pitching. We can't draft guys and develop pitching. We have we we proven it. So we got to spend money on pitching, and I'm okay with that if it means you can develop position players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To wrap it up here, uh, we have awards and free agents. So Robbie Ray wins the AL Cy Young, and Corbin Burns wins the NL Cy Young. I. Corbin was a little less obvious to me, but I'm okay with it. Um, Robbie Ray was a no-brainer at the end. Obviously, yeah. full September kind of disqualified that competition. I was a Zach Wheeler guy. I wanted Zach Wheeler to win. I think he Wheeler was my top choice, too. They actually yeah. got the same amount of first-place votes. It was the secondary mm-hmm. votes that came in that put Corbin Burns over. I'm not mad at it. I'm just, you know, personal preference, I think. Wheeler yeah, was I'm more of a workhorse. I think he worked like 40 more innings. And I think there's value in that. I'm completely with you there. Um, manager of the year. I'm going to connect this a little bit. Manager of the year in the NL. I actually, oh, Gabe Kapler. That's an obvious one. No, no argument. There. Kevin Cash wins AL manager of the year. Now Rays have the best record in baseball, small payroll. I get it. I, I get why he won it, but here's my problem with it. Every single year, Kevin Cash's manager or the Rays are going to have a small payroll. They have proven not solely at Kevin Cash's credit, that they're going to win with a small payroll. Like we've established this. He won a manager of the year for it. Why does he need to keep winning? This is the same thing, Henry, that I feel about Shohei Otani's going to win MVP. And this year I'm fine with it. He deserves it. Whatever. You can argue Vlad, but I'm not, no one would be mad that Otani wins MVP. It's not a first to me, but for me, that's it. He pitches, he hits great. He, he gets MVP this year. He can't win it every single year just because he hits and pitches. If he continues being elite, fine but it's the same thing i feel about kevin cash he is always that raised team competes it's that simple that's not all on kevin cash eventually we have to steer away from the fact the rays win a lot of games and he's the manager and he has to be treated as such not only that i'm sorry and as much as i hate the astros i could have accepted a dusty baker win over kevin cash i could have and and maybe he's still being penalized. I could have accepted an Alex Cora win because what Alex Cora did was more impressive than what Kevin Cash did. But I think, and I agree with Joey, Cervais should have won the manager of the year. What we saw with Seattle was something we hadn't seen in over a decade, which is an exciting Seattle Mariners team. And they were there all the way until the end. They deserve a lot of credit. He did a lot after they made some big trades at the deadline that people panned and they hated. And, and that clubhouse was, was fractured. He kept them there all the way to the end. So I think Cervais should have won that uh, manager of the year. I would have been fine with anyone you just listed. I'm I'm okay with Kevin Cash. I just think now it's getting silly. Like what what's going to be the time when Kevin Cash doesn't win it? Like if the Rays win the East again next year, what have we learned? He's hey, this is not like you can't just give this to him every single year just because the Rays have a small payroll. They've already proven they can win with a small payroll. So I mean, it just, I'm it's sure weird. Seattle's payroll wasn't that much bigger than the Rays. Yeah. I, I mean, what Seattle had, the other thing is who picked the Rays? Like the Rays weren't this little engine that could, I think, they were in the world series if I'm not in mis- 2020. If I'm not mistaken, I think I read somewhere that there were seven different first place votes for manager of the year on the AL side. Well, at least it was close. But yeah, I just I think that I know silly. who didn't get a first place vote for manager of the year. Well, yeah, I, he got an extension, <laughs> though. So go figure. But um, yeah, I mean, that I just think it's it's at this point, it's disrespectful to the Rays as a franchise that Kevin Cash keeps winning these manager of the year awards 
they were in the they won the pennant in 2020. Now he wins the division. I I recognize that the playoffs are not a part of it. He wins the division. They have the best record, but yeah, Surveyus keep that or, same, yeah. keep that same energy for the rookie of the year because I didn't like the rookie of the year winning the AL side. I get he's I'm with eligible. you. I think I get that he's eligible, but I'm sorry, the Wander kid was the fucking MVP. Same team, Wander Franco in less than three years will be the best player in this game. Wander Franco and Juan Soto to me are on an entirely different planet for potential. These are $500 million talents to me. Uh, And they have very similar skill sets to me too. Wander Franco is an otherworldly batting prospect to me. And he plays a really good shortstop, which makes it almost inhuman to me. Um, yes, he absolutely should have been rookie of the year. I'm completely with you again. Randy Rosarena, why did he need that credit? He was already a playoff hero. We saw what he did in 2020. I get that he's technically eligible for the award this year, but Wander Franco is, is the embodiment of a rookie of the year. That's a guy you want to look back and say, remember when Wander Franco won rookie of the year, that was the start of his whole thing career. Yeah, it's not going to be that for Randy Rosarena. Totally agree. I, I think they, they jerked him, his own teammate. Silly. They, they, it was Melvin, silly. Melvin says rookie of the year should be 24 and under. I don't necessarily agree with that. There are some guys that are late bloomers, but I, I just think you need some clear cut guidelines, maybe make it more clear. We I feel like we've had this discussion every year for the last five or six years, going back to when Gary Sanchez was there. Um, right. Shit, it goes back to when Hideki Matsui was in the league and they didn't give him rookie of the year and they gave it to Angel Baroa. But yeah, then Ichiro terrible. wins it, so it's it's yeah. just not consistent. Yeah, very very inconsistent. Uh, who won NL Rookie of the Year? I'm drawing a complete blank. Jonathan India, and I'm All okay right. with that. That's I'm fine. perfectly yeah. okay. Whatever. With yeah, actually had a monster year. He had a nice year. Yeah. Um, is that all the awards so far? Uh, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young. I think that's everything. I, we can touch on MVP. My choice is Vlad, but I think Otani will win. Otani's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> I will guarantee it. Yeah. I, uh, the I, only point, uh, look, I, Otani kind of f- fell off towards the end of the year there. He stopped pitching his, his batting hit a wall. He struck out 189 times, which is not being mentioned at all. And by the way, I, I remember a certain guy not winning MVP in part because he struck out so much. So you gotta mention it, it. Wasn't he over 30%? I think so. Yeah. Um, but I am I am okay with Otani winning MVP this season. He I'm did not. give us something we have not seen in like a, like eighty years. <laughs> so in that yeah, sense, it's it's more of an accomplishment. I don't think, and I, I I and I think the we we maybe have to change the name of the award. I, I don't know. Well, that should have happened like twenty five years ago. Yeah, you have the the term value, and and so. You know, you have these saber guys that get stuck on war and war only, and oh, he has a combined war. Then you have you know scouts that look at players and, and they see things that all right, this guy fucking sucks. But you know, he's 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 the MVP. So I think we have to find some middle ground. We have to have some some yeah. criteria and, and tighten it up because what what is value? I mean, you, you had every if I'm not mistaken, every finalist in the yeah. AO was not. Actually, on both sides, we're, we're not playoff teams. None of the finalists weren't playoff teams. Yeah. So how valuable are you if your team isn't getting to the playoffs? What concerns me about this is what I mentioned earlier. 
you're a guy, and I totally respect this opinion. I, I think there's exceptions for it, like this season, but I totally respect this opinion. You're a guy who feels the best player in the league is by is by default the most valuable. To me, like yeah. Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero is the best hitter. He played elite defense. He was on a team that was relevant for 162 games. I can see that. He almost won a triple crown. Right. I can see that argument. The way that other people see it is Shohei Otani was a top 20 pitcher and hitter, and therefore he is the most valuable because he does both, which so, I can also see. And, and I understand my problem is that that can't be the reason he wins every single year. I agree. And here's my this, problem with that. This year it's fine. Cherry pick. So obviously they won't use counting stats because he wasn't pitching enough innings. But now when you're using it, when you're saying a top 20 pitcher, what's the metric? What are we using as the measure? Because now he's not throwing nearly as many innings as the other guys. Guys are throwing 60, 70 more innings than him. Yeah. So is he really valuable if he can't pitch every five days? Now, I right. think he's a good pitcher. I think he's a good hitter. I think he should choose one thing to play. I think it's more of a circus than anything. I think he does more harm than good for the Angels. On the field, that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think the Angels can afford to – do much of anything whatever otani says goes i they, they are not in a position to dictate anything with him um but and then we have we have the argument that joey makes that you know the toronto blue Jays have a better lineup you know what that lineup is better because of Vlad. marcus Simeon has never had a year like this and you know why that happens because he has vladimir guerrero hitting behind him i think that's part of I, again Simeon probably a top five MVP candidate in his own. I can see where you would want to take away votes. My thing with that is, though, the Blue Jays are a significantly better team than the Angels. So, yeah, the lineup's going to be better. They're a better team. And that should be credited to the best player on that team, which is Vlad. So I, that doesn't bother me. It's the same. It's a counter argument to people who are like, well, Mike Trout should never win his MVPs because they're not a relevant team. Well, Mike Trout was by far the best player in baseball for pretty much a decade. But that's he just right there. Mike Trout is always by far the best player in the, in right. the game. So that's Otani, what I'm saying is Otani's not. You can't have it both ways. You can't say Mike Trout deserves his MVPs despite being on a dog shit team and then also say Vlad does not deserve his MVP because he plays on a good team. Like that doesn't make any sense to I me. I agree with that, yep. So it's either the, the supporting cast doesn't matter <laughs> or it does. So, you know, th that's where I come down on that. But in my mind, I, look, Otani was a very good hitter. He was a very good pitcher. We haven't seen that combination. Yeah. That makes him super valuable it, to me. Look, he it, was fun. it was super fun to watch. It's exciting. Again, I like Otani. I'm an Otani fan. I think MLB is a little overkill with the promotions. I get why they do it. I get the Japanese I money long. I get it. But I, I think, you know, like I said, once they started advertising, another quality start for Otani. I rolled my eyes like this is what we're doing. We're really, we're pumping quality starts now, you know? Right. It's just... it, and I see, you know, I get, again, Corey made the argument, take Otani and Vlad off the team, which team has more losses. I get that Toronto, argument too, but... Toronto, if you take Vlad off Toronto, they're nowhere near as good. If you take Otani off the Angels, they still fucking suck. Right. I, I agree with that. I think it's actually a bad argument if you're a bad team because your floor is only going to be so like it, like every team in baseball in the history of baseball is 140 games. So you're starting there. So and, and the Angels are not historically bad without Otani. They're just bad and they were bad with him. But so that that gap is not really that big. But more so to that point is that is Ronald should Ronald Acuna never ever be considered an MVP for the rest of his career now? Because they just they just won 88 games of the division and the World Series without him. 
By so the it, way, doesn't, it doesn't always translate that way. Really quick, it, it also says, and I don't care what people say, two things. Make the playoffs and anything can happen, and winning your division fucking counts. It's yes. And this is something I will hold against Aaron Boone for the rest of his life for 2019. Uh, not going for home field, which I think also matters. 2018 didn't go for the division. 2020 didn't go for the division. He started resting guys. They they played for the wild card. And yeah, the Braves, look, the Braves could have gone home that first night if they had to face Max Scherzer in the wild card game or if they had to face a red hot Cardinals team. Uh, and on top of that, because they won their division, they got to face the Brewers, who were by far to be the weakest of the teams in the in the first round of the playoffs in the NL. So there is winning your division absolutely matters, and the teams who understand that tend to benefit. And we saw that from the Braves. So again, there's this argument that Toronto would still be good with with Vlad, right? Without Vlad, right? His 2019 season, his rookie season. They were 67 and 95. That's not good. I, I give a pass to 2020 on most players, whether they were really good or really bad, because 2020 was a really funky season. Sure. And Vlad was hurt, but 2021, Vlad just took off. But I'm excited that the game is in these young players' hands because we have a ton, a ton of young stars that are exciting, phenomenal. We can have these discussions, and that includes Otani, because Otani is absolutely exciting to watch. Yeah, Otani is good for baseball. He he really is. Um, I I like when he doesn't homer against my team. <laughs> That's a compliment. You know, he's 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 a very good town. He's good. He's fun to watch. I get you with the over marketing part. It's not even so much Otani's fault as much as MLB in general needs to market a wider variety of players, and they don't. And therefore, the surplus of that goes into like everything is Otani. And you could see, I go, go do this strategy. If you're psychotic, like me, go to comment sections of, of when MLB does advertising for Otani and read the comments. (laughs) You have fans making fun of how often Otani is advertised. That's not good. You you don't get that in other, we do get it in like Aaron Rodgers and stuff, but Mm -hmm. um, still, you know, there's plenty of great young players who should be getting advertised. I don't hold that against Otani. It's obviously not his fault. Yeah. I don't blame him for that. I'm I'm just saying it's old MLB marketing is overkill with that. When you have so many young guys, you can just be pumping out there. Yeah. No, we have to wrap this up. Any uh, predictions here as far as players, where you think they'll go? Um, why do we got to wrap I'll it up? We do what we want. We run the show. <laughs> it's uh... um, Some notable names. Javi Baez. I do think, I do think from the Yankees sake, I do think eventually they're going to get Matt Olson. I think so. Too. Actually, I kind of hope I'm wrong depending on the package, but I do think that's going to happen. I don't, um, I don't. I don't want Matt Olson if, if there's a chance I can get Freddie Freeman, but we'll see. Well, for sure, yeah. And I feel like the Yankees probably feel the same. I'm like looking it. at the free agent list. Uh, a lot of complimentary guys like Albert Amara Jr., um, Chase Anderson, Brett Anderson, Chris. I'm, I'm I'm hesitant to say this because of who the owner is. I really do like the idea of Marcus Simeon going to the White Sox. I think that's a great fit. Where? Second. Don't they have Madrigal there? No, they traded him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they have. They had Cesar Hernandez. I don't know 
first of all, I don't think it matters. Marcus Simeon would play over him, but second of all, I don't know if he's still there I, anyway. I want Marcus to get his money. He's been an underrated player in this in this league for six years, seven years. I, go get your money. Yeah, I would like to um, see him continue, but again, he's, he whoever signs Marcus Simeon, remember. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not batting behind him. You are not getting this same season from Marcus Simeon. I guarantee you. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it'll happen. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman stays with the Mets. Yeah, I, I he can wanted see to be that. a Yankee so bad he stays with the Mets. <laughs> it's. I think the they, Mets they need they need they need him. Yeah, I, I think, I think they get Strowman and they get another guy, whether it, it, it be John Gray or, or Rodon. They, they're going to get two. I think they get two of the pitchers off the off the free agent market. Yeah. Is it's there anyone, happy. by the way, in these closing minutes, anyone who's who's watching it, just name a player if you want to. Uh, I forgot. I almost forgot to mention Larry had mentioned Mar- uh, Yasiel Puig, I guess, was like defensive uh-huh. player of the year and whatever. Uh, he thinks he's coming back to baseball. Yeah, he, he may he, come back to baseball. I'm not excited about it. Though. He, he just got rid of his uh, his agency. Uh, I, I've always liked Puig. It's not happening. He's done. Yeah. Um, Castellanos. 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 Castellanos end up. Who needs an outfielder who can barely play defense? <laughs> the Mets. <laughs> no, the Mets. I think. Yeah, Mets... well, you think Castellanos, Bryant, and Stroman go to the Mets? I, I think the Mets spend a shitload of free agent money. I really do. I don't think Castellanos would go there. I, I feel like he's going to go west. I don't know why. Uh, it doesn't make sense because I feel like he's been in the central, right? Like his entire in the career. Century, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, he goes just, to the Tigers. I was going to say Cincinnati, but they're too cheap. I was going to say he stays with them and just gets a better deal, but they're too cheap. Yeah. They won't do it. I'm trying to think now. I mean, like, yeah, Cubs aren't going to do it. Cardinals, I think probably not. They've already got Goldschmidt and Arenado locked up there. Um, Cassiano, spend that money. Yeah. Cardinals wouldn't be a bad pick, actually. I'll say Cardinals, Tigers. Twi- you know what? He's a perfect fit for the Twins because he doesn't spend- play defense. I don't but they're not. I don't think they're going to spend on him either. Giants says Joey. So yeah, my first gut feeling was nice that he was going to go out west by default, and the Giants would be an excellent. He'd be an excellent fit to replace Chris Bryant. You know who fits him well. I could see a team like Texas trying to make a move and get a bat like Castellanos. So the rumors are really on her. Texas is going to spend. He fits that um, ballpark so well. He would be a good fit there. Chris Bryant, I think, would also be a good fit in Texas. He would. I say that, by the way, I haven't given a thought as to what Texas starting lineup is. Like, I, I probably off the top of my head right now on the spot mm-hmm. on a podcast could name, like, two players. Do the Washington <laughs> Nationals need an outfielder? So where's where's Leon when we need him? We got Soto over there. You've got uh, not my not Leon himself. He's on the Royals. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would think they do. Let's see. I thought they needed one last year, and then they had a fire sale. Yeah, they can use an outfit. I, I like that one. I like that. I like the Nationals actually. I'll say the Nationals or, or the Texas Rangers. Do you think? Last question, then we'll wrap it up. Um, Nick's winning. Thank you, Joey. Um, do like you that. think Jose Ramirez finally gets traded? Why are you doing this to me, man? <laughs> it's your favorite question every winter. 
So Jose Ramirez is 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 like in my Matt Chapman. There's, there's like a stable of guys that I have that I absolutely adore, and I will always say that they're underrated. And I think Jose Ramirez is at the very, very top of that list. He should have won MVP last year. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they kind of they they have to, but they don't because he, yeah. he had a team a big team friendly deal. I think he's coming toward the end of that. Still a superstar, man. He controls a lot of assets. Now that's a guy. If you, you know, you, I'm just gonna say, a top twenty prospect gets you that and then some. So I'm not saying a team's name, but a team that needs a third baseman who is willing to trade for prospects that would be a target. Yeah, uh, I don't think he gets traded this winter. I do think he gets traded before he's a free agent. By the way, I have to mention this: we got John Lee. We got Fami. Uh, thank you to the the Midwest guys over here, Joe. I feel like we haven't had like outside of Eddie, who is like the most loyal follower of all time, uh, and Joey, because I always forget he's on he's out west. So he watches every I feel like, show. Larry like watches a, every show. Yeah, it's a, it feels like a very East Coast show. So whenever I get guys from the Central or the West, it's very exciting. We had Shannon was on here earlier. I yeah. saw her. Um, so thank you guys for joining. I think this is the best format we can go with is that like maybe every few weeks, maybe once a month, we come on and we do a giant show like this, kind of like a, just a party. I do think we'll, we'll probably come on a little more frequently than that for free agent. And, and because look, collective bargaining is important, but it's boring. People don't want to hear collective bargaining for 90 minutes. Yeah, we will not do what we did in 2020, which is every week come on and reiterate the same things about collective bargaining. Yeah. Um, but if there's free agency, if there's news like that, and there's, you know, we have topics built up, we'll come on, we'll have a show, we'll announce it ahead of time like I did earlier this week. Uh, I just don't think there's a need for it to be weekly, especially in the winter. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this. We got a good showing from what I can tell, and we got guys from all over because I real, think the 8 p.m. time slot works. Real quick, I guess a team that hasn't been big in a while, Milwaukee. I'd like to see them get a nice. I know they're boring. They don't do anything, but they win. It's not that. No, I I agree with that. It's not that. It's that I I don't know why they don't spend. <laughs> like I get that they're not a big market team by any means, but they yeah you're right. They usually will go and like randomly assign some guy to you know near a hundred million dollars, and they haven't done that in a while. Uh, I I guess Yelich, but. They traded for him and, and gave him an extension, so I guess. It's not the yeah. same as trading for, I mean, getting a big free agent, you know? Yeah. All right, last guy, because it was brought up here, then we'll go. Javi Baez. And you can't say Mets if you're going to have three other guys going to the Mets. I think someone's going to overpay for Javi Baez. You know, Fami brought up earlier, and I saw this rumor too, because I had a bunch of Sox friends send it to me with angry faces, that the Red Sox are in on Javi Baez. Which makes a lot of fucking sense. It does and it doesn't. Like, he's not the type of profile you generally see in that lineup, but they also just hired Tim Hires. Which is why he, he makes sense for them. He plays two, three positions if you throw him at third base. He's a plus defender everywhere. He can be an asshole, so he's easily hated when he wants to be. I, I... Yeah, by the way, John Lee, stay here. I have a story on what you just asked uh, real quick. But Boston, uh, he seems like a type of guy who's going to be, like, against the Yankees for the I, next I five years. I can see Carlos Correa going there, too, by the way. 
I saw the early rumors trading Xander and bringing in Correa. I I would actually like that because I think Bogart's way better player than Correa, and obviously being paid less, but he'd have less control there. Yeah, I don't think it's close, honestly. Xander Bogarts to me, I think he has plenty of attention at this point, but he is still underrated. Like he, he might be a top three shortstop in baseball, and, and the dude I, does not get that kind of press. I I think I'm going to call that a push. Mm, I, I like think it. they're the same guy. I think Correa has a little more power. Um, Xander gives you power, but his home and road splits are what does it. I I By think Correa is a little better on defense. If Detroit misses out on Correa, Javi Baez makes a lot of sense there to me, too. Yeah, he does. That he's a very Detroit Tigers type of guy. To Not me. as flashy. Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to do something real quick. I, you, I know you didn't have it planned, and I'm going to make it really quick. I'm going to run uh, down for, Gold Gloves and Silver Slug Awards real quick. Okay. We have and Trevor Story Glove. on deck, too. Oh, Trevor Story. Trevor Story. He's going to end up on the Yankees. I'm going to just jump through a window. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) I'm telling you, uh, that is such a classic Yankee thing to do. Hey, we're going to go after Seager and Gray really hard. We're considering making the smart decision in Andrews and Simmons, but we're going to give you Trevor Story to like a a mid-tier deal that's a waste. I will take Trevor Story on a five-year deal. I don't want Trevor Story on an any-year deal. I agree, but the only way you can sell me on it if it's a five-year deal, which he won't get a five-year deal, it'll be much more than that. I don't want Trevor Story in the Yankees. I think Story's going to stay out west, too. I don't have any basis for that. He's never mentioned it, but I feel like he's going to stay out west somewhere. He's a shortstop in the west. If the Dodgers lose out on Correa or on uh, Seager, you think they'd consider bringing in Story, or are they just good with Trey Turner? Uh, Trey Turner's the best shortstop in baseball, probably, right? You, you, well, I mean, they have second and short ability. Like, they could move someone they somewhere. They're having luck. I mean, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's Seager bust for the Dodgers. Where's Story going to go third base? Who's at third base? Justin Turner's still there? He's old, and I think he's I so think he's may, done. Well, maybe Trevor Story playing third base makes sense. Yeah. But he's not moving Gavin Lux from second base. He's, not, he's definitely not moving Trey Turner from short. By the way, Chris Taylor, a guy I would strongly consider on the Yankees, too. Yeah, forgot about Chris Taylor. Did he get the qualifying offer? Yes. No. Yeah, I think he did. I'm Someone tell me. Yeah, let me know if Chris Taylor has a QO. Nope. Yes, he did. I'm looking at the he list did. now. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm less interested in him then. Yeah, that's a big that's a big pill to swallow for Chris Taylor. <laughs> um, especially, yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah, sir. I don't. I don't. Maybe our next show, if these guys haven't signed, like while we go into this collective bargaining hell we're going to go into, we can have eventually a prediction show and we'll come better prepared for all this. Uh, Brett Gardner, where does Brett Gardner go? (laughs) Retirement, hopefully. (laughs) Honestly, now that Boone is back, I've lost all faith in them doing the right thing. It would not shock me if they thought he was still a solution. Brett Gardner. When Brett Gardner gets a Brett Gardner day at Yankee Stadium, I will be there. I will fight for that man to the end. It is time to hang it up. He's been a great player. He's had a great career. Absolutely. Time to hang it up. Give that man a spring training job. Teach these motherfuckers how to run the bases. By the way, before we'll, we'll finish with your gold gloves. Quickly, wanted to address John Lee. Where did Yelich Power go? If you subscribe to the bus driver I spoke to in Milwaukee when I was out there, 
And this guy shocked me with his baseball knowledge. I was like very pleasantly surprised 90% of the time in my everyday life. If I talk to someone about baseball, I'm like thoroughly disappointed because I'm like, we're not talking the same language. Uh, this guy was really smart. <laughs> and I, so I, and we had a bus ride to the airport or whatever. So I was asking him questions. Um, he told me that Yelich's hip or oblique or whatever his, his injury was, was more serious in inner circles than they were letting on. And that he really thinks that that's why his power hasn't come back, but he's still been able to hit for average, which is true. So if you subscribe to that, maybe Yelich's power can come back next year. I think if it doesn't come back next year, that ship has sailed and he's a product of juice balls. <laughs> There's no in between for me. And it's one or the other. You know what? Real quick, who's going to be the player that we argue is having a one singular better year than Mike Trout and they, they want to be crowned the, the best player in baseball? Is it a healthy Acuna? Juan Soto? I'm going to say Wanda Franco. Wait, rephrase the question. You're saying... Well, every year we have, we have a player having yeah. this fucking monster season, whether it be Mookie yeah. Betts, Christian Yelich. Yeah. We, we go through this every year. A player has a monster season, and Mike Trout has your typical Mike Trout season, and everyone says, player X who had this monster season is better than Mike Trout. Who's going to be that guy this year? In 2022? 2022. Well, it's got to be the AL, or is it just anyone in baseball? Or you're talking about, yeah, yeah, because they always say that this is the best player in baseball. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna stick with Soto, Wander Franco. They wander, Wander Franco is gonna have that claim for a long time. I'm very hesitant about sophomore seasons. I think Wander Franco leaps into superstar status next year. Like I'm talking Fernando Tatis type shit. Wouldn't shock me at all. And then I think the third year, he makes his ascent to the best player in the game. See, to me, Juan Soto is at the point of his career now. And he's what, like 23? Um, Yeah. He's like in his fourth or fifth year. He started in 2019, right? So 19, 20, 21. He's in his fourth year. I think he's just going to – I think the numbers you saw this year is going to be his next 10 years. Which is crazy because his numbers – really took off from the second half. He had a bad first right. half. And the, he ended where he ended at having a monster second half, which is absurd to think about. And when I say his numbers, I don't necessarily mean the power. I think there's room for that to improve. I mean, is like his crazy, like 460 on pace percentage. I th- I don't think that's going anywhere. I think that's going to be what he is. So is that, yeah. Now, Wander Franco, I think, will eventually be that type of player too. It's just the sophomore something. Luis Robert. Uh, if mm-hmm. he can stay healthy, absolutely great suggestion. And John Lee saying Jose Ramirez, which I think is always a fair that yep. dude. Yeah, he's capable of putting up an MVP season any year. So Cleveland those Gold. are all good, all good suggestions. Give me your gold gloves. Ah, yes, gold gloves. Uh, Sean Murphy, Yuli Gurriel, Marcus Simeon, Matt Chapman, Carlos Correa, Andrew Benatendi, Michael Taylor, Joey Gallo, Dallas Keiko. And the team gold glove went to the Astros, and the platinum glove went to Carlos Correa, not Matt Chapman. Platinum glove is the best overall defender, right? Best overall defender. They had a great year defensively. Yeah. National League, future Yankee Jacob Stallings, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, which I love that he's getting some love. I'm not going to third base because he got jerked. Uh, Brandon Crawford, (laughs) Tyler O'Neill. 
Harrison Bader, Adam Duvall, Max Reed, and Cardinals as a team, and Platinum Glove. Let's skip that. Uh... <laughs> I am shocked, honestly, that um, Brandon Crawford I, – I know he had a great year. I'm not saying he's not deserving. I'm shocked that he rose to the level of a Gold Glove caliber shortstop. I don't think that's his first one. I think he has more than one Gold Glove. I agree with you, but then the, for the all of the Giants, there's like a five-year yeah. gap where they just stopped being productive. Uh, so I'm, I'm impressed. He's not a young guy. I don't disagree with any of these silver sluggers. American League, Sal Perez, given Vlad, Simeon, Devers, Bogarts, Teoscar Hernandez, which he had a monster year, Aaron Judge, Cedric Mullins, and Shohei Otani at DH. Buster Posey, Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albi, Austin Riley, MVP candidate. Fernando Tatis, another MVP candidate. Juan Soto, MVP candidate. Bryce Harper, who will probably win the award. Nicholas Castellanos and Max Freed. Why do they even uh, bother giving silver sluggers to fucking pitchers? Get out of here. <laughs> it's awesome, by the way. And If you're not a Braves fan or you hate the Braves, you can take a very, very, very small solace in this. When Bryce Harper wins the MVP award, it's going to drive Braves fans nuts. Don't ask me why. Would every Braves fan I've ever spoken to hates Bryce Harper? Probably because he's on oh, the Nationals and, and then the oh, Phillies. Um, so that that will that will scratch their ass the wrong way when he wins the MVP. I'm Especially so because they have Freeman and Riley and lost Acuna. And the, if you ask Braves fans, any one of them should win the MVP. I'm still laughing that they give a fucking picture of the Silver Slugger. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And Ozzy Osby. Yeah, they had had seven MVP candidates and none of them are going to win. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Who who won Silver Slugger for pitching? Max Reed. Was he that good of a hitter? We're talking about a fucking pitcher. I don't know. (laughs) I was looking at like I feel like I don't know. Like uh, Bumgarner probably didn't. Yeah, not him anymore. Um, I know there's like there there's a few pitchers though who can. He doesn't come to mind as one of those guys. Pitchers, come on. Yeah. Uh, Well, hey, according to NL legacy fans, that's the most exciting thing in the world. I wonder, didn't he get a pinch hit uh, in the World Series? Yes. Hmm. I wonder if that has something to do with it. He he solely won it based on that. Yeah. Because it's a fucking pitcher spot. Who wants to give the pitcher silver slugger? This was I'm fun. Surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, DeGrom, he can hit a little bit. Uh, yeah, Granky, another guy, but he's in the AL. Um, yeah, anyway. All right, well, there. I, I don't have a problem. I, you know what? I'd rather give it to Jake DeGrom, who, like, hit in, in April and in May for, like, what all pitchers hit for the whole season. Give this shit to Jacob DeGrom. Just... I can't imagine, like, Jacob DeGrom, <laughs> you, were, you had a sub-1 ERA. You you're you didn't if you told me in May Jake Degrom's not going to win Cy Young he's not going to win MVP he's not going to win Silver Slugger and the Mets are not going to make the playoffs I wouldn't I'm as hard on the Mets as anyone I would not have believed you yeah uh, tough year for Jake Degrom I was mad I was disappointed I wanted to see if he could keep that pace up because we were seeing some historic shit we both said that I wanted to see if he was going to be in Bob Gibson slash Pedro Martinez territory. Every start was getting better and better. And to his credit, as the publicity got bigger, he got better. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he started to look somewhat human his last couple of starts there. And when I say, when I say somewhat human, I mean, his ERA was going towards one. 
<laughs> but but yeah, it would it, this if if Jacob Degrom was like that three years ago, I think we really would have seen definitely the best season since Pedro, maybe the best season since Gibson. I really believe that. I, I think he was on that kind of like I kept saying when we were talking about it when it was happening. Please, people, give Bob Gibson and Pedro Martinez their flowers because those seasons were absolutely incredible. Yes, to Not, do that an entire year is out of control. Yeah. And to John Lee said to Grom fast while we won 07 next season. Yeah, and he'll I'll, I'll still have his teammates saying that it's just a, a God-given natural talent. And we'll that he have Sean saying that his early. velocity has always been this, but you know. Yeah, it's because he keeps tweaking those mechanics to be yeah. even more perfect every single season. It has right? nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, uh, that cracks me up. Uh, that's a good joke. Um, anyway, so yeah, this will do it for Don City. We'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know when. It'll be on a Wednesday at 8 p.m., I'm sure. But yes, uh, we'll, we'll be keeping up with Hot Stove. We have, man, now I really don't know the showtimes. We already covered Step Back. You have the Audible. If you're not a member of Football Life yet, please join if you like football. Randy Hammond, Matt Bushnell, the Audible on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Tuesday's 8 p.m. Which they did Eastern not time. talk about Debo saying I was so fucking mad. Mm-hmm. I missed yesterday's show. I was busy making they my you. I was like, Debo went off on national TV. They gotta show Debo Samuel some love. And those guys didn't, those mother I'm going to YouTube <laughs> and make a comment, damn it. Yeah. But yeah, you got you. uh the work shoot wrestling podcast Thursdays and the step back on Fridays and total bases on Sunday. Total bases Sundays. Uh... 11 a.m., 10 a.m. Uh, it tends yeah. to vary. It's usually yeah. around mid-morning. And we have um, Austin's podcast, who who is a contributor to to the baseball life. So, yes. And by the way, if you're not in pop culture life, join that. We have our holiday movie. It's turned into a Christmas movie bracket. Yeah. Uh, going on. Austin is helping to run that. He's actually running the high majority of it. And Jake Schwartz and I will be on in pop culture life on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time to uh to go over the next round of that bracket so we're voting now it's going to be down from 32 to 16 so we'll be going over the sweet 16 yeah yeah come feel feel free to join us uh we will be in sunday 8 p.m pop culture life join there and we'll make our picks to get to the so well we'll let you know what the sweet 16 is and we'll make our picks to get to the elite date all right guys well that's it so that'll do it for dong city join us next time everyone have a great night Dog City, bitches.